Hello and welcome to the Unqualified Huddle. We are back, me and Shamil. We have a guest appearance from uh, a guest to the podcast, Shamil. He's decided to, to join in. Where, whereabouts in the world are you now, Shamil? Uh, Ho Chi Minh was the last place we talked about. Is that where, where you've gone? Well, it was actually Hanoi, the last place. And I'm back ah, in Hanoi bad. after my luxury cruise to Halong Bay. So. Oh, so my bad. I, you know, not, not, I, you know, we speak so infrequently now. You're, you're like a stranger to me. Close enough. Uh, you know, maybe I need to start demanding an Aaron Rodgers deal, you know. Um, they pay, pay me, um, what, seven figures, is it, to appear regularly on the show? Yeah. Yeah, to, to appear like once every now and again. Once a week. Rodgers in the regular season. Thrown on the sideline. It's got a lot of people, like, amped up. I, I mean, that. he looks good for a guy who's torn his Achilles. I mean, okay, one of us is buying it. <laughs> I, I mean, have you seen J.K. Dobbins was also torn his Achilles? Yeah. He's on crutches still, limping, like, completely different. So, so like, the modern medicine is incredible. But, like, was it was it a full like you know we only know what's being said. I don't want to get into the Rogers situation, but like, I mean, we're going to talk about Jets though, but I don't want to talk about Rogers. It's, um, it's encouraging. It's encouraging, but I ain't expecting anything. I, from Rogers, I ain't buying yeah. it. No, I ain't buying it. But let's let's talk about something else though. Uh, first of all, um, another London game happened this week, um, and my question to you both right now. So like the game itself was good. We'll come on to that I guess in a minute. But my question is, is it too much? Because this is like the third London game in a row. So I mean, how can you say it's too, is it too much? A regular well, season get, team well, would play here. Well, all, all I mean is game. like, do they not want to spread it out a bit? Like, are we not? Are we not? Are we not oversaturated it in such a short, like, condensed space of time? I, for me, anything that um, shows the NFL that the UK is ready for a franchise is a good <laughs> thing, and we've had pretty good turnout three weeks running now. Um, I mean, we're just getting bad. It. Like there are some bad games, right? This was a kick fest. Um, it's still a decent game, though. Like overall, I thought. Yeah, um, I, 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 I don't think there compared was much... to the games we used to get a few years ago. This is these all of these years' games have been um, watchable. Outside yeah. of a five-minute Titan spell, there was <laughs> nothing to excite anyone in the crowd. Um, but if we're talking about this game a bit more in depth, like. Well, no, my, my main point here was just to talk about the England games and, in general. <laughs> and then I didn't really want to talk about the Titans or the, or the Ravens, well, to be honest. Well, they just bad offenses. That was my only point. Yeah. Really. But it's it's concerning how bad the Ravens' offense is. But I think, like, if you think about what the fans have received this year in the Wembley games or London games, you've had b- bad Buffalo offense. Well, you've had, had Jags bad twice. Ooh. Atlanta Falcons offense. I mean, funny enough, the Jags offense has been the best offense to watch out of all of the well, you playing it. Not, not, not that you're biased at all about. No, it, I mean but... statistically they have. You can't say the Ravens' offense was great to watch. Well, no, no, Falcons I, or Bills. I agree. I, I don't think we've had good games this year. Like, I feel like our games have been a bit poor. Um, but yeah. I, I also get worried that you know there is this oversaturation, um, whereby we are seeing a lot of games in a short space of time. I wouldn't have minded so much if, like, maybe instead of doing three England games. They do like two England games, move one over to Germany, like what? Because there's a German game coming up. There's two German and, games coming up, and then, and then move it back, like you know, spread them out like that. I I, d- I don't see the point Logi- in that. They're trying logistically, to... it's a nightmare. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Logistically, it's not it's not good, 
but I, I just feel it's a bit better for uh, keeping, not interest, because that's not the right word, but like, I, I just feel it's a lot when, you know, realistically, fans in this country, we, we go maybe to one game a year. Some people do the, the season ticket thing, they go to every, every game. And that's but, a growing that's a, base, though. It's not a small that's base. A, that's now. a lot, though. That's a lot, though, to fit three games in London, like, in three weeks. Like, but that's, that's the whole point. That's what they're trying to test. Can we sustain eight games? Like, that's why they're doing Germany. They want to have two games in Germany and two in London, at least three now. But it's to test, OK, can our audience stay for multiple games? It's not. They don't want to just see the games as a two games because that doesn't tell you how viable a market is or how viable Europe is. They want to see season tickets. But to your point, we all support different teams. Mm. So there's no way we're going to really buy season tickets, unless if we're Jags fans, and then then you might see, okay, two Jags games out of the three but, this year. But that's not always going to be the case either. But do you know if a franchise came over, mm. would, would you guys... For example, would you support like a different franchise? Or well, Shannon would. He's obviously made that clear. But like, w- like, would you? No. Do you support no. From the Jacks? No, I wouldn't from the Saints. Yeah, so like, but I, I think it's it's an easier switch. You've the Jags have developed a, a large following in the UK. Um, like, obviously, the you've got your typical 49ers, Bills, Dolphins, Cowboys, Bears, which have yeah. huge following anyway. But Jags have built a following that's close enough to them. And I think if we had a team with whatever you want to call it on the name, London, England, whatever, um, a team of here, it's an easier buy than the Jags. Yeah, I I agree with that because there's too many neutral fans or fans who are just getting into the game. When I went, I had guys who were just starting to get into the NFL this year. And it was him and his two daughters. They're just growing frustrated with the Premier League or... You know, and it's just something different. So they don't have a like. They don't have a team. They don't have a team. No, but like, so if it's new, I get that. But like, there's a lot of the fans already here. And don't get me wrong, you'll get new fans, you'll create new fans. But a lot of the fans here already have their their team, because when you support the NFL, you support a team. And then because of that, I just feel like they won't get the traction that they want in people. Jumping on the bandwagon. And stuff. But you'll have a big away fans. Say if they have a franchise here, you're going to get, and they're playing the Jags, you're going to get a lot of Jags fans lot, also coming. Yeah. Or they play the Saints, so you're going to have a lot of following of the Saints. It's not, not an ideal situation for but anyone. One, one thing logistically that we need to mention, because of the time difference, a lot of people can't catch the games on Sunday night uh, in the UK because of the, you know, some primetime games or, or you know, people who have work on Mondays. Um a, a London franchise would make it, it more accessible as well to everyone here. It, it would, it would in that sense. But then also, you're still gonna strike out if you've got like, these late games. And then logistically, it's a nightmare because like teams have already complained about having to come over to London this year. Um, they said it's 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 tough because you travel over, you've got to acclimatize, you've got to get used to it. And then we're asking them to do that. But then we're asking like a team to do that the other way as well. And like. I mean, that's why a lot of the teams that have played in London this year haven't gone straight to bye weeks when they've gone back. They want to see how competitive they're in. Now, if and also on that point, they're not competing just for NFL fans. They're trying to compete with rugby. There's a yeah. lot of disillusioned rugby fans right now. A lot of clubs have struggled. Yeah. There's a financial issues there. They're from London franchises. They well, can take those fans' places. 
the, but it, the rugby is a different story, but yeah. And the same with football, though. Yeah, like, they can this, take those fans who yeah. want a different sport to follow. But also, like, Jags came back on a short week, destroyed the Colts. That's probably good news for Roger Goodell. Mm-hmm. But the Bills struggled again offensively coming back yeah, from London. The, the Bills look sleepy this week. Again, so it's like, how do you balance it? Because it's we've, we've actually had poor quality football here offensively. Is it because of the jet lag? But is it this is what yeah. I mean. Is it the travel? Is it taken out? Of the it? logistics but, is the only reason it's not here right now. There's no franchise sure. in mind for, for sure. right now. But let, let's move on anyway. Let's uh, let's move on to talk about something else that's near and dear to my heart, actually. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, because I'm the master of ceremonies here. <laughs> now I'm going to be uh, a bit naughty and bring up the New Orleans Saints. Because the reason I bring this up, right, I want to ask you, and I want your honest opinion, is there a worse offensive coordinator slash play caller in the NFL right now than Pete Carmichael? Yes. Who? Luke Getze of the Chicago yeah. Bears. I agree. That was an easy one. Uh, uh, okay. Well, I'd, I'd, maybe maybe Sean Payton. Maybe Sean Payton. Maybe Sean Payton. From a bias yeah. Saints fan, I disagree entirely. And I'll tell you for why. So, obviously, I watched the, watched the Saints play the Texans. Um... Uh, an abysmal offensive performance by the Saints. Um, and, like, the issue isn't just Carmichael. A lot of the issue is Carmichael. But, like, take the last drive, for example. We we need to tie the game up. We're seven points down. We're driving in the two minutes. I think there's, like, a minute left on the clock. We get to, like, the 25-yard line. The next four plays that were called were fades to the end zone. The yeah. next four. And then I'm we lose the game. Of... I, I don't like their play calling. I don't like the fact that their O-line looks worse. Their receivers look worse. The quarterback looks worse. Um, what the, Derek Carr has taken a massive step down from last year. This yeah, isn't, and this isn't a Derek Carr we paid for. CJ Stroud looks so much better than Derek Carr. I mean, I, 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 didn't, like, I understood why the Saints got Derek Carr at the time. It looks like a massive mistake now because a fit isn't working. But there's more to it. We were discussing this offline. And there's a lot of issues with the Saints. They're not maximising the talent. Like, you could look at that team and say, you're a very talented team. You look at Tampa Bay, they are maximising their quarterback, in a way. And no one expected that first year in a new system as well. Another veteran. So it's like, you can replicate the comparisons. And it's weird with the Saints how... They've, I mean, for the last few years, they've been heavily reliant on their defense. But this was a year that was meant to change. With, the offense was meant to take a step forward with Derek Carr, for sure. But I don't see, um, like, the head coach has a headset with the OC and is calling these plays. I don't see Dennis Allen. Dennis, saying, Den- no, I mean, you made a good point, though. Dennis Allen is starting to look, well, I mean, he does look a better coordinator than he does a head coach. And that's not a... Uh, Knock on him as a coordinator, coordinator, because well, an amazing coordinator. The defense but, came out. The defense came out in the second half of that Saints game. They made adjustments. They didn't concede a point, so they they went into the half, or they might have conceded three points. I think they, it was only a field goal. So they went into the half. They only conceded a field goal. The Saints' offense in the second half put up no points. It's the adjustments, right? Where is your head coach? Where are your coordinators making adjustments? Houston have been really good this season. Uh, adjusting well, it, it, with a rookie, and you'd expect it to be the opposite. I mean, well, it's it's more more what we're saying though. That what what we're saying about is maximizing talents and offense. The Saints' offense right now, 
what doesn't work? The offensive line. Because the offensive line um, has got injuries, they're disjointed, they're not playing well. What is What should work is your wide receiver core, which has got Chris Alave, Michael Thomas, and Rashid Shahid, which and are free. Even Johnson, I mean. Injured at the minute, but even Johnson. But Taysom Hill looks like really good. That's not that's a, not that's well, not that's not all I'm all I'm saying he looked good yesterday. But they don't maximize it. Instead, they do poor things. And not only that, right? Watching the game. Every third down play, the Texans defense would blitz. They'd heavily blitz. Whatever third we were on, third and seven, third and six, they'd send the house. So they'd send seven rushes. And not I mean one, but that's what I would do against Carr. But not what, but not what but his, not, historically historically if you blitz the Saints, they you've got a perfect outlet there in Avon Kamara. This you've is got Michael point. Thomas who can who can do a hot root slant. It doesn't even need to be a hot root slant but no, play anyway. None of this was called though. This is my point. Like mm. a little quick screen to Kamara and let him let him eat the yak, throw it to Thomas and let him get seven yards. Anything like that could have been called, but instead but, each time it was plays downfield that have to develop while Carr's getting rushed by seven but, players. But where for me is also Carr. Carr why isn't Carr adjusting the line well, and the course? And this is why I said it can't all be on Carmichael, because that last drive is an example of this. He saw it's not working. He threw two fade routes. Both fade routes weren't working because the Texans knew what was coming. The wide receivers weren't getting open. You've got to call an audible. Your your coach's calling in the same play. You've got to call an audible. I think no. Nah, I need to. I need to get something else going here. Even if it makes it closer. Even if it's just to get a first down to get closer. Something had to happen. But that's my Saints run over because okay. you know, we don't want one to thing I will mention is like the receivers are probably the best part of the Saints offense. Yeah. I don't want to rag on them, but basically, um, you look at Derek Carr with the Raiders, like. You had Devontae Adams, and that was it. You had Josh Jacobs. But the pass blocking wasn't great. Um, you, he didn't have a lot of support there. Ultimately, Devontae Adams stepped up every single time. And I think Chris Olave was supposed to be the guy. Like, he's still on a very good trajectory. I think that the expectations do, do, for just, him and the receiving call was just too high. To, just to your point on that, though, Derek Carr had 350 yards of, rece- of passing in the Texans game. Chris Olave got seventy six catches. Uh, ni- sorry, ninety six yards and seven catches. I mean, there's no, there's, there is an issue with some sort of balance in the red zone. I, I, it's, it's the red zone offense. But it's that that is offense. an issue that Carr had in um, Las Vegas. I feel as well. Yes, I agree. So I don't I don't think it's an issue. But that's where you expect some creativity, which is well, what the, we know the Saints is... don't have. This is what and, I mean. Because if you know the car's issues are essentially creative, you need a coordinator who can it's not help him. I, I, I think it's just a bad fit. Like well, I, the coordinator, I think, I think, head coach, quarterback. It's just not a good combination. I, well, I think my main issue is it's red zone. It's the red zone. Because the Saints were getting into positions to score. And then when it came to the red zone, I mean, we had two misfield goals. And we also um, just couldn't get anything done in the red zone, which are big parts of the problem. Um, but the Saints over... got a kicker issue again. Just got, well, we traded away Will Lutz, who was our kicker, to the Denver Broncos, and kept a rookie. And that that move doesn't look like it's playing out right now. But I mean, move... you say you say you say Carr threw for three hundred and fifty three yards. Well, he did attempt thirty two passes for those. So he's doing a lot no, no, of no. short stuff. No, no, he attempted fifty passes. Yeah, I mean, so he completed thirty two. So there is a lot of short stuff in that. There's not a lot of explosion. 
Oh no, no, don't get me wrong. A lot of the a lot of the stuff wasn't wasn't like down the field because a lot of his passes early on went to Taysom Hill for about five yards of the catch. Like it's it's one of those things where I'm sorry, guys. the Saints don't deserve this much. I, no, about, I agree. Like... I've, I've tried to move on from them, but you two keep pulling me back to them. I agree. <laughs> but let's let's move on and talk about um, the two big upsets of the week, where it's the two undefeated teams have now been defeated. By teams you would not expect them to be defeated by. Starting off with Channel's, I'm going to say third favourite team right now because I'm never sure with you. But like the 49ers. I just appreciate great football. And the 49ers uh, just switched off. Like when you when you don't have McCaffrey and Diva, um, they, they, they have Ayuk. They should have playmakers. They've still got Kyle Shanahan. And Brock Purdy was supposed to be the guy. I'm, I'm not going to... Um, not Purdy too much because if that field goal, that moody miss right at the end goes in, everyone's like, okay, um, Purdy stepped up, but eventually the field goal is missed. But the San Francisco team just lack lack playmakers without Debo and and McCaffrey. Well, you expect you have a playmakers to step up and help out, right? So obviously, you know, Debo and and uh, McCaffrey are their two big guns. But Kittle is also meant to be one of the guys now. Like, he's meant to be there. Ayuk's meant, really be... meant to be, like, a good receiver now, though. Like, Ayuk's meant to be carrying the, the the load a little bit there. And not only that, like, everyone talks about Shanahan being an offensive genius. Like, Shanahan being this offensive, like, mastermind. But, like we said, you take out your two big weapons, McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, where's the creativity in the play calling then? When, where are you making differences? Where are you helping out, Purdy? Against, I, I think... like, let's not let's not take away from the fact that the Browns are the best defense in football right now. Yeah, that that's probably the main takeaway from this game, right? Their defense and defensive line is on fire. Um, but uh, I mentioned Kittle's inconsistent. No knock on him. Kittle's one of the premier tight ends of the last decade. Um, but it's is partly the play calling. Um, I, I don't know what it is. It's, Shanahan is a genius, but. Sometimes you just leave your you leave these games questioning what's happening. And yeah, I mean we've got to question a little bit what like the play calling and stuff. But like it's it's not just on on him. Like Purdy had probably one of his worst games of the year. Well, his worst game of the year. Um, he only he only completed like twelve passes. And I know some of that could be that you know Debo was out, but still it's not a great look that your starting quarterback only completes 12 passes. I mean, I, I did say this uh, about Purdy. Like, he is good at making quick decisions and so on. and um, But it, he can't carry a team. I, I don't see him as that type of quarterback at this stage no. in his career. And also, if you look at Jim Schwartz's history against Shanahan, he always gives him problems. Like, you knew... Cleveland were going to give Shanahan problems unless if somehow Shanahan's finally found his um, answer. But Jim Schwartz is like a kryptonite to Shanahan. How um, P.J. Walker, though. P.J. Walker leading that offense. I mean, P.J. Walker was not good. But how how do we feel about the Browns, though? I know, obviously, the last few years, we, we have been very uh, negative towards the Browns for some of their personnel decisions and stuff. Um, and we have been... We've been like, and rightly so, we've been against them a little bit. 
But like, do we have to now accept the fact that this is a, a good team going forward? Like, are, are they got potential to no. potentially win that that division to do something in the playoffs? Maybe. I'm surprised you got you took that away from the game. Like for me, Cleveland are uh, until they rebuild the their offense at quarterback. This team isn't going anywhere. I don't believe that Deshaun Watson's the guy. Uh, off the field side, he's a bad quarterback now in the NFL. He, he, um, and he's he holding the back. He looks bad, but I mean, with this defense, like we talk about, we talk about um, good offenses and stuff. But like what everyone always says, defenses win championships. This is an elite defense right now, and it's the same as the other team that we're about to talk about in a minute. Yes, their quarterback holding them back. Deshaun Watson's not. I don't. I don't get why he didn't play in this game. To be honest, um, he talks about being injured, but whatever. But like the the crux of the matter is their offense does have playmakers on it. They have guys, like they've got Amari Cooper, they've got uh, David Njoku, you know, Jerome Ford looking good at running back. They've got one of the better offensive lines in football. They've got some pieces there to make like an offense that can score points. And realistically, mm-hmm. they're only they're only going to require to score like 20 points a game to win, which is what they're doing right now. So I feel like we can't not take, like, I feel like we're taking a little bit too lightly. I feel like we're not giving them respect. That no, I, I'm, high, I'm high on Cleveland. I think they are just an average quarterback away from competing with Cincinnati in that division. That, sure, their O-line has looked pretty poor, I think, this, this past game against yeah. the 49ers. Um, Teller but wasn't great. I just, but it's the 49ers. Like, yeah. There's going to be like a little it's bit also of... Like... The, like, but it might be the 49ers, but we're on about the Browns O-line. One of the yeah. best O-lines year in, year out. But, but I feel like the 49ers like, defensive line is right up there with the Browns. So I feel like there's just two of the best defensive lines in football right now, alongside the like Eagles potentially, like going going to to battle and and the Jets I guess. So like I feel that's good. But let's let's move on and talk about the the Eagles Jets game because I'm I'm really surprised about how this Jets team is playing right now, and I'm I'm shocked about this Eagles team. But first of all, the Jets like you know he looks in mid-season form already now. Well, it is mid-season, I suppose, but his yeah. injury recovered from his injury. It, it not not a great stat line, like from a running perspective, though. Only twelve carries for thirty-nine yards. It's not not ideal, but like he was used in a receiving game quite well, I think. And I think against this defensive line, that he was always going to struggle, right? This defensive like front is always going to struggle against. One thing that Brees Hall gives you is that explosion. Uh, it mm. reminds me of Chris Johnson in his prime at times, like even. I suppose Derrick Henry in his own way. Like, these guys can just... Uh, they might be suffering at the line a few times, uh, but they're going to break one out. And that that's encouraging. Uh, I don't think it's still 100%, but he's getting there. But against this Eagles team, that's the that's the main thing, right? Like, you, you're not supposed to be able to put up competitive performances against this Eagles team if you're a Jets team without Aaron well, Rodgers. Look at this Jets team, though. In the past, like, few weeks, they beat the, the Buffalo Bills. They went toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs, almost knocking them off. And then they beat the Philadelphia Eagles now. Like, and this is all without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like, and they've, like, got Miami as well. And it's, I think this defense is, like, incredible. What they're doing is absolutely incredible. Um, not many, t- well, no one is really able to match them. Uh, their offense is really well against this defense, which is very multiple, but it's very fast. Um, the in, the line is very powerful. Um, the linebackers can move. The cornerbackers are active 
get on the ball. Mostly, and, uh, mostly I, looks resurgent. Like mostly looks, yeah. looks incredible. Next to Quincy Williams as well. And um, my issues with Philadelphia in this game is I didn't think Jalen Hurts read the field really well at all. I don't, I don't know what some well, of the decision making, and that, this is all the things I thought were strengths of his. This and is, I think he struggled with it all season. This is a result of things because obviously they went up early. Uh, the Eagles went up early, right? It's fourteen nil against the Jets. Uh, well, fourteen three, sorry, against the Jets, and they got away like in the first half quite quite quickly. But then adjustments being made, you know, I, I don't know. You know, there's the fumble to close out the the, the second half, the second quarter. And then adjustments been made by the defense, and then in the second half, I just I don't I didn't recognize this Eagles team at all. They couldn't get anything going. Like Jalen Hurts doesn't look good, like you say. Three interceptions. Mm. Yeah, unheard of for a Jalen Hurts like performance. One of his worst I, performances, I would say. I, I I am gonna scratch this off as you know that the Eagles is Jalen Hurts. Um, they'll sort it out, but compounded by the first few weeks where they've, they've been a bit shaky like they've not carried on their form from the end of last year um how I much am, is that how much is that is Steichen though how much is that is him leaving I think it's almost all of that I think Steichen as we've seen with the Colts he's he's one of the genius upcoming offensive minds I don't know I don't I, I agree with Steichen not being there, but I also think Fields has not been playing well himself. I, I don't know if that's a sole Steichen. Yeah, but that he Fields, made it can't, Fields. Fields can't catch a break, can he? F- Fields is getting like some, sorry, some not uh, Fields. Scatter. He's getting some like <laughs> shrapnel from sorry, the sorry, game. sorry, 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 like, Fields. I mean, Fields. Hurts. I need to like Fields hurts. I don't know why he keeps mixing that. Up. But yeah, Hurts. Hurts needs to. I don't know his rushing, his but he's also not looking for free open receivers running out there at times, and then his forcing. I just don't know what's happened to him this season. But then, but then, like you know, he's thrown more interceptions this year than he did all of last year. But one, one of the problems, one of the problems he's having is that I would say Devonta Smith took a step back as well. He no. hasn't. Look, he, hasn't he's, he's, not, he has dropped a few. He has dropped. A few, uh, he hasn't. He plays. hasn't looked as sure-handed and, and as he, and as solid as he did the year before. He started off great. Then he had your AJ Brown tantrum on the sideline. And now <laughs> they're force feeding AJ Brown every single play, it seems. Devonta Smith got more targets than him in this game. I have no comment wait, on that. Wait, wait, where's your <laughs> comeback to that? Sorry, I, I, I'm waiting still. I'm waiting still. All right. One, one, one bad game. Like Devonta Smith, this has isn't one, up this year. This isn't one bad game for me. This is this is a couple of bad Smith, games. On, yes, on, no, this is a couple of bad games in a row. Like he's not looked good. It, the first week, I think he looked good, but since then he's not he's not looked good. AJ Brown has stepped up. Yes, he's he started to play better for them, but this this offense doesn't work. But it's not just him. Like Dallas Goddard doesn't look good as well. But that's part of the. That's why um. I'm questioning the offensive philosophy right now because yeah. you had uh, games where Devonta Smith is the guy, then he disappears. Week week one, you had I think Dallas go with one target, then suddenly he's getting um, you know double digit targets. It's, they don't know what they what they're trying to be. They've got three premier players, uh, skill players uh, as a receiving tight end, and they've got a good running game. They don't know what they want to do. No. I, I I think Brian Johnson, who was their quarterback coach last year, 
is now their OC. So the, the talent is there. Let's, you know, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks, but we need to move on quickly to get our unqualified, or sorry, qualified players of the week um, selections. We've, we've missed it for a few weeks, so apologies for that. I'll start us off this week, uh, low-hanging fruit. I'm picking Kyron Williams for the, the Los Angeles Rams. He's just taken over that backfield there for me. He's looked really good this week. 158 yards uh, touchdown. Now. He's injured now, but he, it's not a serious injury, is what they said. He'll be back. And he, I mean, he's the perfect fit for that running game in that offense. Like, he fits their, their running game pretty well. So, yeah, that's my pick this week. I'm going with um, Raheem Mostert. Um, he could have easily folded with no A-chan, who's been getting all the talk and all the hype. And it's like, okay, who are the Dolphins going to have? There's not got enough depth. They've, you know, they're missing Jeff Wilson as well. Sure, they've got Savion Ahmed, who got 23 yards. But Mostert, 17 carries, 115 yards. Um, he had another uh, 17 yards receiving and a touch. Oh, well, yeah, three touchdowns on the day. So I had to give it to him. Could have easily been Tyreek as well, though. Standard Dolphin stat line. Um, I'm going to give it to Amon Rossetton Brown. Uh, he went for over 100 on 12 catches. He had 15 targets, season high. Not surprising. Um, and a touchdown for the Lions to beat uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lions are looking good. Lions are looking very good. They might actually be the second best team in the NFC now. Behind, uh, I, I, I reckon they are. There's nothing to say they're not. I don't know about that. We, we'll see going forward. Uh, but on that bombshell, we'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back to give you our predictions and talk about next week's games. Uh, until that, Karen. See ya. Peace. Bye.